24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devil Germany show this week. As ever, we have Paul White. All right, Paul. Hey, Rob, you okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, very busy. <laughs> very busy as usual, but uh, yeah, I'm not doing too bad, thank you, mate. Yeah, you're not the only one who's busy running around. My wife's nearly opened a, co- uh, a, tea, a tea room now, so I've been running around doing all that, all that helping her set that up. So it's been a frantic week, me too. Yeah, it's non-stop, mate, isn't it? It's non-stop. I could, do, I could do a few cups of tea doing all these boilers that I've been doing recently. <laughs> That's a pretty good job, that, Paul. Don't give me that. Oh, no, no. no. Someone maybe one today. Um, he said to me, the fella, he goes, uh, I've, done, I've done you a brew. He said, I've not got any milk left, though. I've, I've put your almond milk. Not almond milk, what was it? No, no, soya milk. He said, I've done you one with soya milk. He said, it'll be all right, though, won't it? So I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. Because you, you can't be fussy, can you? Yeah. But I'll tell you what, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was awful. I had, to, I had to wait for him to you know, turn around so I could tip it down a sink. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever, like, like say, you've ever took a cup, cup of tea off somebody and looked at it and gone, what's that? You ever, like, just sort of have to drink it under pressure? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of the time, mate, I can, you can normally whiz it, you know, yeah. in, the, in the sink or through the wind or... I have these like waterproof sheets as well that I put underneath boilers, and they they can take a full cup of tea them and soak it up. So they usually go like oh a bit of bog roll or something. But no, I've had it a few times where they've actually stood in front of me, and, and they've stood looking at you. You've had to sort of like just shut your eyes and think of England. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I good job you're not getting dehydrated. All these uh, teas you're throwing away. Yeah, that's it. You shouldn't complain, should you? It's nice to get uh, to get a break. So, what have we got on this week's show? We've got uh, all the news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week. We've got the review of the Toronto game. We've got Ed Chamberlain, Chris Wellen, Lamatazzi talking about the win. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got your amateur report of all the local sides, their fixtures and results for the weekend. And also, then we're going to preview the game against Leeds Rhinos, Paul. So, a lot's going on. Yeah, there certainly is. Another, uh, another very busy show, Rob. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll start the news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week. So, Sovereign Devils this week, all the big news coming out. The big news is suspensions, Paul. Jackson Aston's got two games to this sending off against Toronto. Luke Burgess got one. Um, we'll talk about the Luke Burgess one first. Um, fair shot, fair, fair after his dismissal. Yeah, I didn't really see it on the on the day. I couldn't really tell, so I watched the watched the game the game back yesterday and uh, yeah, it's an eye tackle. I don't I don't think he's a malicious player as a Luke Burgess. It, it was a sort of a caught him off balance and more of a frustrated sort of uh, 
challenge really but you know it's difficult I mean 10-15 years ago perhaps it wouldn't have been a sending off but whereas they, they seem to have clamped down this season don't there's been a lot more red cards this season I think I've said to you before I mean if you go back a, a while it, it was very rare people got red cards I mean you'd be lucky if you saw one red card in a season wouldn't you and there we've had two in the same game so yeah they seem to be clamping down on, on, on headshots and, and things like that which is um, you know it's, I suppose it's uh, something they want to stamp out of the game foul play but I think referees have got to be consistent. You know, some referees give them, some referees don't. One thing I would say is, when the game's on Sky, it seems to get refereed totally different from from games that aren't on the television. Whether the referees get a word in their ear off the off the video referee, I'm I'm not too sure. But um, it's it's a, it's a funny one, really. But I don't think we can have any any arguments with the, the, the Luke Burgess or the Hastings one. I think the Jackson Hastings one was. Was cynical for me, really. With sort of ten or fifteen seconds left in the game, it's it's, it's a silly thing to do, isn't it, really? Yeah, I think I agree with you there. Like you say, was it fifteen seconds? The game was was already won. Obviously, you see you see him coming in for the tackle. You can see his arm kind of cocked, ready, and and he was he was there just to make the the firm tackle. Ian Watson kind of said he didn't see it. Um, you know, when you interview him after the game, but I suppose after looking at the video evidence, I don't think he's got kind of anything to complain about. Yeah, well, it's like you say, with 15 seconds to go, you've you just got to um, be sensible, haven't you, really? I mean, why, why do something like that? The game's done. The game's over, isn't it? So why put yourself in that situation? You've got to make a decision, haven't you? But if you don't do the daft thing, you know, he's not going to be in that situation. He won't have the decision to make, will he? So you've really given him not a lot of choice there, have you? And especially with it being on, the sky, on Sky as well. I don't think if the, if the game wouldn't have been on the telly, I don't think he'd have been sent off Hastings because I don't think the referee would have would have seen it. I think, to me, watching the game live, I didn't think he was even going to give a penalty there. It's only when the Toronto players came swarming and it was a stoppage in play, then whether he got the, the message in his earpiece from, from the uh, the video referee, I think it was James Child, uh, about about the about the incident. So, just want to know that you don't put yourself in that in that situation. And that's not going to, going to happen. But looking at it again... If it had been, say, Niall Evels and one of the Toronto players that had club, clubbed him around the head like that, I think we'd all be saying, yeah, it's a red card. So you've got to sometimes take your blinkers off and we don't want to lose good players, do we? And it, it was just a silly challenge for me and just a daft thing to do. Yeah, misses two games as well. Two big games, really. Um, obviously, we're clear at the top. Confidence is high. Um, we just need, obviously, someone to step into his shoes and uh, get us over the line in the next couple of games. Yeah, and the big shoes to fill. It's a shame because he's been playing really well, Jackson. It's, it's just we have, we have that momentum. We've won five games on the on the spin now, and you're going away to Headingley, a place where you've won twice in the last forty-one years. So um, you know it'd have been nice to go there with uh, you know with all our players and, and on this on this great run that, that we're on. So um, it is a bit of a setback for us, but I think we're still capable. We've still got the players in the squad that can can do the business, and it's just a case of shuffling the pack round now and. Bringing somebody into to scrum half, he's got a few options there. Ian Watson, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what he comes up with. Yeah, so obviously you have to see what happens against Leeds and and London and uh, Toulouse. Hopefully, we'll we'll. I think we've got still got enough in the tank to win. You know, them three games are finished top of the pile. I think so, Rob. I think we can still win all three games. I mean, Jack Stacey is a good player, but you've got to think of the other players around him as well. There's still some good players in that side. You know, we mentioned it before, the, the Lusick who came in, Joey Lusick, and Ed Chamberlain as well has brought a lot to the table. You've got Robert Louis playing on fire at the moment. I know a lot of that's to do with him playing with Jackson Hastings, but 
there's still some some good players in the side, and and they're, they're confident as well. There's a lot of confidence flowing through the, the team. So uh, no, I don't think we we just we, it's the end of the world that Hastings is banned for these two games. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news: the Category Three Academy uh, had the first friendly today, uh, and they lost 34 points to 16 against Huddersfield uh, at the AJ Bell Stadium. Paul, you know it's uh, it must have been a proud moment for for Danny Barton and, and the coaching staff to have that first game. Yeah, certainly, especially after the, the good work they did last season, they'll be looking to carry that on this season and, and, and keep building there because you know Danny and the, and the guys Neil Blackburn, and it, they're doing a great job there, aren't they, with the youngsters? So disappointing uh, result today for them, but I'm sure they're uh, they're going to have another big season and you know carry on producing these these youngsters. I know people say oh it's it's only a category three academy, but these lads are, are doing really well, aren't they, for us and. Uh, you know, they're coming in there and uh, and, do, and doing the best week in, week out. And they're going to get better as a, as a side as well. So uh, I'm sure they'll start picking up wins as the season goes on. Yeah, 31 players they, they used, uh, Paul. You know, that's quite a big quite a big squad uh, to select from that. Uh, I'm sure there's some good quality players in there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah, they, it's great. They've got all these, these, these local lads playing as well. And uh, we can get their families down watching the first team. And uh, that's going to help us grow as a club as well. So... You know the youth side of, um, of rugby league is is a, is a big thing, especially especially for us in in our area at the moment, and you know our, our, our low crowds and things like that. So anything we can do to help grow the club and, and in the in the city as well, I think is a big thing. Yeah, I suppose the first sort of tentative steps getting back to a, a full academy, and you know I'm sure these boys will be working hard, and hopefully you know one day could be in the first team. Well, that's it. Yeah, it's a massive step, isn't it? A massive step from sort of the the level they're playing at, but uh, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? And uh, you know, if you can get young players and, and young lads involved and get them doing this, this, these scholarships and things like that, I think it's a, it's a good thing. And you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? And an academy structure, a lot goes into it, doesn't it? And um, you know, once we, you've got rid of that, it takes it takes a while to get to get it back as well. So um, obviously, we could be a few years down the line from that, but. You've got to start somewhere. I think it's been a, been a positive thing when a lot of hard work's gone into uh, what the guys have done up to now. So uh, let's just wish them well for the season and uh, and get behind them when we can. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news: uh, tickets for Leeds are still available at the club. Don't forget, the club gets twenty five percent of every ticket sold. Paul, it's a valuable income for the clubs uh, during these kind of times. Yeah, it certainly is. When you think back to Halifax a few weeks ago, which was our last away game, and we took a, a massive following there, didn't we? And uh, you know, everybody bought those tickets from the from the club. We've got a, a good percentage of that. So, uh, you no know, Leeds is a different kettle of fish. Right? It's, a, it's a tough trip going up there on the out to on a Friday. Um, but let's just hope some people go because the way we're playing at the moment, like Ian Watson said, the, the lads need that vocal following, don't they? And uh, if you can go and get your tickets there and follow followers to, to Leeds, it could be uh, we could be looking at six wins on the spin. And uh, I was going to save this stat for later on, but we haven't beat Leeds twice in the season since 1946. So uh, that's that's homework. That's not just homework away. That's in a season. So whether it be home and away or home twice or whatever, it's uh, it's a long time ago. So uh, you could be witnessing a bit of history on on Friday night. Yeah, there was uh, also. A fans forum that happened last night at the AJ Bell Stadium, Paul. Very positive noises coming out of that. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I've not been been on online much uh, t- today, to be honest, on Twitter or Facebook. So I've not really seen what people have been saying, but uh, from the people who I did speak to, they, they said it was uh, it sounded really positive. Some positive tweets were coming out from it, and uh, I, I dare say we'll find out what they were, were speaking about in the coming days. And 
that'll be up for debate and there'll, there'll be another one shortly as well. I think these, these meetings are sort of every couple of weeks, aren't they, now, or every month or so. So, uh, so yeah, it sounds like progress is being made and uh, I'm sure we'll find out shortly. Yeah, and on Sunday, the Supporters Trust were kind of uh, recruiting uh, new members. If you recruited um, a sort of a child member, I recruited, I took my son to the game on a... Uh, on the Saturday and signed him up to be on the, the uh, Supporters Trust and he got a free autograph book. Uh, Graham, R. Graham, not Sellers Graham, R. Graham, uh, sorted us out with a book. And, you know, it's good things like that, you know, trying to interact with the fans and make them feel, you know, uh, you know, appreciated, really. Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. And we said it before, haven't we, that some of the characters we've got playing for us, uh, you know, the, the kids really warm to them, don't they? Especially with Jackson Hastings coming in. He's been uh, been a real character, hasn't he? Who the kids have took to and the younger supporters have taken to. I think all the supporters have taken to Jackson Hastings. So you've got to uh, you've got to use these these guys as, as marketing tools, haven't you? And um, you know the, the the young supporters are looking up to them and they idolise them, don't they? And uh, you know, some really there's some really good uh, good lads there at Solvent. You've only got to look at the likes of uh, I mean, Daniel Murray. I'll use him as an example. Every time we come out of the stadium late on, he's one of the last players there. He's signing autographs. He's, he has his own little fan club, I think, does Daniel. So uh, I think he's great. I think the um, the camaraderie between the supporters and the players at Salford is, is really special, I think. And I mean, like I said, I don't really do Twitter that much, but when I have been on there, you can see the players interacting with, with the fans. And I think there's a, there's a good bond there between the, the Salford supporters and, and the players. You know, the other thing missing on, on, on Saturday, you know, the other thing that was missing, I think, face painter. Go on. Face. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. He's done, I've picked him before, and he, last time he went, he was a face painter. And I was like, he said, oh, can I get me face painted again? And I was like, oh, there's no face painter. He was a bit disappointed, but he got over it, because I got him, so I got him like a hot dog. So, you know, his disappointment was short-lived. But I just think, you know, little things like that, you know, makes a difference, doesn't it, for, you know, kids wanting to come to games, you know, face painters and, you know, giving away free stuff, it, it entices in, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose it does. It gets their interest up, doesn't it? I think that's something we need to perhaps work on and have a look at for next season. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about the, the game day experience, don't they? And uh, when I always think of game day experience, I always think about when we went to like Bradford, you know, years ago, and when, uh, when Bradford were, were in the, the peak of their sort of powers and sort of probably 20 years or so ago. Now I remember going there and they had like a a little remote control car that brought the kicking tea on and brought water bottles on and they had sort of dancers and all sorts of stuff, cars and motorbikes going on the pitch at half time and they put a really good show on it. You know, some people might say it was a bit cheesy but I think it was exciting, wasn't it? They made the, they made the home games into to a real event, didn't they? You know, like bouncy castles and face painters, you name it, they had it, didn't they? So uh, I think the, the Willows, we, we did quite a few things like that, didn't we? As well and it all helps, doesn't it, to create an atmosphere and, you know, kids... Young kids don't just go for for the rugby, do they? They, they go for the for the day as well, don't they? And, uh, I think sometimes you've got to have a bit more to entice entice families and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, any, anything like that's a good thing, Rob. Yeah, to be honest, I don't think that they're that far away. Really, you've got you know the DJ Andy Steele turning his wheels in the tent. You've got the the Red Angels dancing. You've got music. You know, I just you know you've got you've got things going on, and you just think you need just a little couple little things little things like that. You know, will we'll make a difference. I think that will entice more families in. That's right. I think. I think to be honest with you, the atmosphere the last few weeks has been tremendous. I know the Witness game was a really good atmosphere. The, the Toronto game on on Saturday again was a really good atmosphere. I know people keep dragging us down having to go at our attendances, but the um, the, the atmospheres have been great. They've been a real buzz. There's been loads of noise being made, and uh, and yeah, you, you can only grow, can't you? You've got to start somewhere, haven't you? We've got a lot of like 
things going on the last few few years, and we just got to slowly build things now. And uh, I don't know. I think I might be being controversial. I think it's a funny one. This I was thinking about the other day uh, about season tickets and things. I think it's important that we we really push season tickets for next season. Um, Perhaps if that means really cutting the prices on them. I know Huddersfield did it a few years ago, didn't they? Made a £99 season tickets and they seem to flog loads of them. Um, maybe that's something we could look at and cut price season tickets, just get people in there, get people in the ground. I don't know that I'm not like a marketing man, but I think um, you know, that that should, should be a hot topic for me to really push that and really drive that. Yeah, I think I think with the season ticket thing, Paul, is our se- you know, season tickets one of our main incomes, isn't it? And I don't, we don't know what the deal is with Huddersfield with the... You know, is it the Gal Farm or is it the John Smith Stadium now or, or something like yeah, that? Yeah. You know, whether they get any revenue from you know other areas in the stadium or whatever, we don't know that, do we? So they may be able no. to put the prices on the season tickets. They know they're going to get money somewhere else. So you know, we, we're playing a different kettle of fish here, aren't we, at the AJ Bell Stadium? Oh, yeah. yeah, club, yeah. So for me, I, I'm thinking that you know maybe the club think you know, we need to make the season tickets a certain price because we need to make sure we, we have enough juice in our tank to get where we need to go. Well, yeah, yeah. In an ideal world, if you if you knew you if you were guaranteed and you you knew you were going to sell five thousand season tickets with people if they were ninety nine quid, you'd do it, wouldn't you? But there's no guarantee you're going to sell five thousand if you do it. So you've got to. It's funny, isn't it? You've got to. What's the word? Speculate to accumulate sometimes, and I don't know. You've got to take the safe option sometimes, haven't you? You can't. It's a gamble, isn't it? If you if you lower the price and say, well. Oh, we're open, people are going to buy into it. I suppose it is a real gamble. So it's a tough one. You know as well as I do. This day and age now, it's all about sport. It's about making money, isn't it, as well? And not, not just to make money, to to, to to make money to keep the club going, isn't it? And pay the wages and, and, and pay all sorts of things. So it's um, it's a business, isn't it, sport these days? And without somebody there pumping money in, like, you know, a John Wilkinson... It's, it's difficult, isn't it? So, um, and me and you don't know the ins and outs of, of the money at the club, so we don't really know the situation. But from what it has been the last year or so, it's we found it difficult, haven't we? So, um, I'm just hoping next season's going to be a good season. Yeah, I think obviously the way they kind of run it now is like a community club. You what what comes in, you know, you've got to make sure that it goes out as well. You know, what I mean, you can't over overspend because there's nobody there to prop you up at the end of the day. So, you just need to be able to run it. You know, right? I think the people in charge now are experienced at running businesses, so you know they they will know how to you know to run the, the club effectively, efficiently, and um, you know better. Yeah, let's hope so, Rob. Let's hope so because it's it's a big thing in it. You know, Super League clubs, it's a big operation, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't know where to start <laughs> logistically with all the all the ins and outs and of what goes on. So uh, it must be a painstaking task, but. But yeah, as long as they, they know what they're doing, that's 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 the main thing, and I'm sure they do, and I'm sure everything will be will be okay in the long run. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news: seven years ago, Paul, yesterday, uh, we the Willows. Um, it, it was like emotional, really, because obviously we'd grown up there, and you know, moving to a new stadium was a was 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 a you know big beginning, a big new thing, wasn't it? And you know, seven years down the line, do you miss it? Yeah, every day. <laughs> every day, mate. Every day. I mean, I can remember um, when we started. We started talking about that stadium. It was quite a while before it was done. Probably the early two thousands, wasn't it? Um, when we started, you know, muting that we were going to move, and as it got closer, I kept putting it to the back of my mind through the sort of two thousand five, two thousand six, because it was quite a big talk then. 
I kept thinking, oh no, it'll, it'll go away, that will probably stay at the Willows. And then as it got announced that we were going to move and the stadium started getting built and the set and the other, uh, it was going to be the end of the 2011 season. It sort of sunk in then that, hell, this is, this is our last season here now. And, you know, as you started knocking the teams off, I kept thinking, oh, this is the last time we'll play Wigan at home, this is the last time we'll play Saints at home and, and things like that. And, you know, for me, it was. Um, Bit of an anti-climax, really. You know, the, the Catalan game, we got absolutely thumped, didn't we, in that game? And uh, it was a, a sat-down, really, wasn't it? To, um, we went out with a bit of a whimper, didn't we? And that season, looking back on it, was quite a disappointing season. We didn't do very well. We got knocked out in a cup at home to Walkingston Wolves. And it could have been better than what it was. So, um, But, yeah, I miss it all the time, mate. I mean, I think, slowly but surely, we're making the, the new ground. Um, it's a bit more homely now, I suppose. And like I said before, the atmosphere is good, I think, at the AJ Bell Stadium. I know people still moan about it, but I think it's one of them now. We've got to move on and we've got to get used to it because I've seen people mention it before. I was reading something tonight, actually, on the, some social media thing about, you know, it'd be great if we could get a stadium back in Salford, but, you know, in the heartland of Salford, you know, near the Willows, and I can't see it happening. I just can't. I mean, we've got that stadium there now, and for me, you've got to make that work now because no one's going to buy you another stadium, are they? So, uh, so it's sad. As much as um, I miss the Willows, I think you've got to move on now. And, uh, probably the worst thing we ever did was to leave there. But you know, you make your bed, you've got to lie in it, haven't you? You say that, Paul, but I don't think we'd be where we are now if we were at the Willows still. Because I don't think, obviously, Marwan Kukas would have wanted to get involved if he weren't where we were, looking from the outside. Mm. Well, we might not have ended up in loads of debt, and he might not have had to get involved if we'd have still been at the Willows. That's the. That's the you know, That's I, the other side of the coin. Yeah, I, 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 you know, it was, it was sad, um, but it's all about, it was all about new beginnings, and you know, seven years down the line, like you said, that the, the, the AJ Bell Stadium feels more like home. I think, I think people are getting used to, you know, watching the games there, and you know, getting there, getting in the game, and you know, the, the mm. prices, and, and you know, it, it becomes a habit, doesn't it? The, you know, the yeah, yeah. The, where you know people were doing it for. 30, 40 years and he got used to it, didn't they? Uh, and yeah. it's a matter of doing the same thing at the AJ Bell Stadium, seven years down the line, you know, looking around the, the stadium, we've got fantastic facilities, pitch is amazing, you're in a prime local. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, pitch is got, fantastic, yeah. You've got, you've got things there that, that, that work well, for, you know, for the club and, uh, you know... I think I, you've, got, you've just got to make it work now, Rob, haven't you? Like we've said loads of times, haven't we? We've got a fantastic facility, it's great, sort of right near the traffic centre, right near the motorway. Um, it's sort of a new, a new part of, of of Salford there, really, isn't it? And a new sort of catchment area. And the only thing for me is that, and I ask myself the question all the time: We've been there seven years now, and I think have we really made any progress in those seven years? And I, without being cynical, probably gone a bit backwards, really. I mean, the crowds are sort of dropping off. I don't, this, I don't want to be negative now, but crowds have dropped off a bit. Are we in a better financial situation than we were in sort of two thousand, sort of ten years ago? Are we in a better financial situation now than we was in 2008? And I don't know. You'd have to ask people at the club who are in a bit more in the know than I am. And I'm not so sure we are. We're struggling a bit at the moment, aren't we? So that, that's the only sort of worry at the moment. But like you say there, we've got a great facility. Um, and if, if people can buy into it, I'm sure we'll have a successful future. Do you think we're, we're a kind of a club in transition still, because really? Because at, the, at the, the Willows, you always relied on like a large away support because people used to come and used to know what the Willows was like with a variety centre. And, you know, we've got quite, you've got a few quite big followings, didn't we? And, you know, at the AJ Bell Stadium, you know, the way, you know, we got 
buy our tickets early and earn you know twenty five percent to you know tickets for the club. It, it's kind of like rejigging the the mindset of of the fans and also the club that they are way to port that used to go to the uh, the Willows isn't coming. So you've got to focus more on your home support and grow that. And because obviously that didn't happen, it takes time to build it. So I, I think you're in a we're in a kind of a transitional period moving from one sort of business plan to another. As in well, it's funny. It's funny because when we moved to the AJ Bell Stadium in that 2012 season, all the crowds, barring the Catalan game in 2011, all the crowds uh, the year after were up on the last season at the Willows. Um, that was every single side at home. Like, like I said, apart from the, the last game against Catalan, where we obviously filled the Willows. So the crowd seems to have tailed off each season, and I can't put my finger on why. I know, I know we've not been very successful. Obviously, 2013 we finished bottom. And it has been a, has been a struggle, hasn't it? But it has been funny how the last last sort of season, so this season in particular, um, we've seen a, a real a real downturn in attendances, and I can't put my finger on, on why. And like you say, perhaps we are in a bit of a transitional period. We're in a bit of a, a bit of limbo, really, aren't we? We're just changing over, and obviously with Marlon Kukash relinquishing his, his shares and what have you, and we're going to a club run by uh, by Andy Rosler and what have you. It's, I don't want to say it's a mess, but it does feel it seems like a bit of a, a minefield now, doesn't it? Really, a bit sort of a uncertainty around the club. So, uh, so yeah, like you say, transitional period. Sometimes it takes a bit, of, a bit of time, but um, yeah, I'd like to see it uh, run a bit smoother. I think now in the next year or two. Yeah, I, th- I think it will. I think I think obviously the club and the fans and the trust are all kind of like and the. Um, foundation all kind of coming together a bit closer working a bit closer together and you know providing you know services activities to you know to people and you know, that's what you want I, I just think it's it's just a matter of you know changing changing the way back from the willows days you relied on big away supports to come and prop us up and now obviously with the new stadium and away fans having this mad idea that it takes them 24 hours to get off the car park they won't come so it, you go to other games you go to Castleford you know you go to we're going away at the uh, the JJB, uh, JJB. You know, you're in that car park for ages, aren't you? Trying to get out. Um, it's all yeah. the same at the AJ Bell Stadium. So, you know, as soon as that kind of mentality changes from other fans and think, well, it's not as bad as it is made out to be. You know, they'll come back. The club are doing things in the in the city. You know, trying to promote the next generation of fans to come in. With that and the big away sports to come, you know, our our crowds will rise. Yeah, I think I think we've got to be positive though, Rob. Sometimes I think we've got to tell people how how good it is. I think sometimes we can be a bit a bit negative, can't we, about the stadium? And I know our previous owner was was negative, wasn't he? Quite a lot about where the stadium was and didn't really like it. And perhaps that's rubbed off on a lot of away supporters. So I think now it's you know with the with the new people that are running the club at the moment, I think perhaps they need to get out there and tell people how good it is and. And we need to work with the community, work with the transport and things like that. Get, obviously, the supporters just have got buses on, but perhaps the, the club needs to get out there and work with the Greater Manchester transport now. And just It can't be that hard, can it, to, to, to do something? But you've got to be positive. You can't keep saying, oh, we can't get there and this, that and the other. Because like you mentioned there, Castleford, the nightmare to get to is nowhere apart. There's one sort of yeah. little road into to the ground at Weldon Road there, isn't it? The St. Helens, there's, there's a tiny car park at the stadium. I mean... When I've been with you to St. Helens and uh, took my dad and that, he's like, it's a right trek. We normally park in a town centre and you walk over. Wigan's the same. He's a massive car park. It takes you ages to get off. Leeds, when we go to Leeds this Friday, there's nowhere to park at Leeds. You normally park in 
sort of halfway down like Cardigan Road, I think it is, and then you trek up to the ground. So I think that's a big myth that about it, the, the parking and, and things like that. So uh, we need to be positive now and say, look, come to this great facility that we've got. Yep, that's the bottom line. We love the we love the Willows and we, we love the AJ Bell Stadium and it's you know it is feeling more like home every day. Certainly is, mate. So uh, next bit of news: um, Supporters Trust end of season awards, twenty fifth of September at the Nags Head in Ireland. Uh, Paul, looking forward to that. Yeah, certainly am, mate. Yeah, I've, I've, um, I, keep, I keep looking for my email. I've not had an email yet, so I might have to get on to uh, to Dave Campbell of the Supporters Trust because. Uh, I don't know. I never seem to get an email. Have you had an email? No. I don't know whether I don't know whether mine goes to me junk or something. You know me. I'm, I'm rubbish with emails and computers and that. So I'm glad you've told me about it. I've got, I've got an email advertising it. Is that what you mean? Yeah. 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 I got that. Yeah, got All that. right. Yeah. Are you on the mailing list? I think I am on the mailing list. It's my fault. I think it must go to. One of my old email addresses, or it goes in my junk or something like, or I've deleted it by accident. Dave, send Paul the email. <laughs> he hasn't got it. But yeah, like you say, you've got uh, Ian Watson, you've got uh, Ian Blee, Jackson Hastings, Joey Lusick, uh, all turning up. Um, I think the supporters have put a poll poll out, haven't they? So people can vote yeah. if they want to, you know, be the player of the year. And you know, things like I say, link things like this make makes you know everybody get together and you know builds that you know community feel yeah it certainly does I think it's been a while now since we had a bit a good get together with a supporter so I think it was a Shandus last time when we had Ian Blaze there wasn't it and Josh Wood uh, when was that was it May something like that it was a long time ago wasn't it um, so yeah the more meetings and, and things like that and, and get togethers we have I think it's better is for the better and the uh, the awards night should should be great you know especially getting anything that gets supporters and Ian Watson Ian Blees the, the coaching staff and in the same room together and all, all chatting I mean but we we really enjoyed the Seven Brothers one didn't we I think that was in April wasn't it um, when we had the old 1917 there and what a fantastic night that was I've not had a night as good as that for a long time Robert was brilliant absolutely brilliant so I'm sure this will be exactly the same it gives people a chance to go go and meet the players and chat to the players and Oh, I think it'll be a great night. I think it really will. Yeah, £5 a ticket, and you can uh, click on the link on the Supporters Trust website uh, and order a ticket. I think they're going fast as well, so you need to, to get on that, Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's um, the Nags Head is where... Uh, is it the Nags Head, did you say? Yeah. That's that's the um, that's the one in Earl. That's where we had the... Um, it was the night with Ian Watson, and was it Paul Iton? Yeah. When they did some some questions and it, yeah, I've only ever been there once for that, and it was a good night. It's quite a big place, but uh, obviously, like Rob said, you'll you'll need to uh, register your interest quickly because uh, you know it'll probably soon soon fill out, won't it? But uh, but yeah, really really excited, really looking forward to that. Yeah, final bit of news, Paul. To talk about this uh, sponsored walk, the 15 mile sponsored walk. We've got a route now. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Got uh, starting at Salford City, then you go to the Willows, then you go to the Salford University. Then they go to Salford Lads Club. Then they go to Watson Hall. Then they go to the Keys. Then they go to, uh, I think it must be Old Hospital. Then they go up to Swinton Park Golf Club. And then they walk all the way back down then to the AJ Bell Stadium. So that's one hell of a trek uh, from from uh, the Salford City FC to the AJ Bell. Yeah, it certainly is. That's a, that is a long walk. That I tell you, you'd be all right doing that. Who? My, uh, my dad. Yeah, he's so. a postman. Yeah, he? yeah. He does 30 miles a day. Yeah, he has one. He has one of them um, 
pedometer things and it tells you how, how many steps he's done in a day. He does about 12, 12, 13 miles a day. <laughs> <laughs> for, for Royal Mail, yeah, carrying a big bag. So, uh, he, I mean, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do bloody two miles a day, but... Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You fancy it? No, I've, I've got a mate called Carl Reich, and he does. A, he's a postman. I reckon he could do fourteen miles in a day. Yeah, well, they do. They do some big, big. I mean, I live in Moster, and um, the post lads who, who do my post, I see them on the other side of Blakely. So I don't know how big they're. Uh, Blakely, if you know North Manchester, is about two or three miles from here. So um, I don't know how big their area is, but they did they, they cover some miles in a day. It's a, it's a, it's a tough job that. Yeah, it says it takes four hours, 40 minutes to walk. Uh, so, yeah, close to quite a lot of people getting involved in that. So, hopefully, you'll, uh, you'll all get down to the, the game against Toulouse safely, out of breath. But uh, it'll be mushing complete when you do. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's a, it's a Sunday game, the Toulouse game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, that's the good thing after we box leads off on Friday night. Um, the London game's Saturday, I think it's Saturday or Sunday, and then the, the Toulouse game's a, a weekend game as well, so that's, that's all good. Yeah, so that's all the news uh, coming out of uh, Souls Red Devils this week. Uh, next up, we're going to be talking about the win against Toronto on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils uh, were victorious against Toronto Wolfpack at the AJ Bell Stadium. They won 28 points to 16, Paul, uh, to make it four from four. Good win for Salford. It was. It was an excellent first half display. I thought, uh, you know, I thought we was the, the miles better side in that first half, and it was it was men against boys for me. I thought we really showed them a lesson. They couldn't keep up with our pace. Um, we had far too much nails for them as well. We made them make a lot of mistakes. You know, Gareth O'Brien, we peppered him. He came up with a few errors and we put pressure on him in the right places. And I thought we totally controlled the game, totally bossed the game. 20 points in the half time. That tried just before our time, Jackson Hastings scores. Probably for me, I think it's the best try of the season that we've scored. Um, absolutely superb support play. And um, a, th- a real thrilling try to see. I thought the defensive work was excellent as well. We we, um, we really stopped Toronto. I mean, they scored points for fun this season, haven't they, in the championship? And uh, we nullified them in that first half. Disappointing in the second half, you know. I thought they, they looked like they'd had a bit of an ear, ear bashing off Paul Rowley at half-time. They come out and a quick tempo in the second half, got a couple of quick tries and a few soft penalties we give away. And um, and they got themselves a foothold back in the game. Yeah, like you said, 20-0 in that first half in total control. Then obviously Luke Burgess gets sent off. Pressure starts to build. Toronto get a foothold in the game, like you said, uh, and we were rocking. Has to be said when 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 they scored the uh, they try to make it. So was it was it one score difference at that point? You know, yeah, twenty points to sixteen. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Andy Andy Akers, the Ucker, who went over. Oh, it was twenty points to sixteen, and we needed something then. Uh, we needed to get get a try, and we did. Ryan Lannan got the got the try for us, didn't he? Uh, going over there. I mean, it's funny. I. Uh, I thought he'd gone down a blind alley there. I remember sitting in the stand and saying, oh, where's he going, Lannan? And he, he shook his hips and went over. So, uh, no, it was a good finish. He showed a lot of strength there. And he had another excellent game, did, did Ryan. And that, that to me, just uh, 
just give us that, that edge again then. And it, to me, I never, I never thought the game was in doubt. Obviously, when Toronto came back, you always had that worry that they were going to uh, overpower us. But I didn't think they did. I thought, like I said before, I thought we nullified them in attack. I thought Chris Wellerman and Ed Chamberlain defending down Toronto's left edge, you know, down sort of the West End um, side of the ground there. I thought they were excellent. Some of the defensive uh, reads that, that Chamberlain and, and Wellen pulled off were try-saving tackles as well. Um, they've they've got a really good partnership going there. And uh, Robert Louis again was absolutely outstanding, wasn't he? Kicking game and popped over for a, for a try as well. So uh, I thought we fully deserved the win, Rob. I know I read the League Express on um, on Monday and their headline was uh, Salford's. I think it was Salford's great escape or something like that. And I thought we was twenty nil up. We was never behind in the game and. Um, I thought that was a bit of a disservice to us because it was another good performance. And let's have it right, Toronto have um, sort of conquered everybody they played this season, really, haven't they? In, in, the, in the championship, they brushed everybody aside, and uh, I thought we uh, we taught them a lesson, really. Yeah, I think I know it's that on the, on the BBC. It's all Leeds edging towards survival. It's like we're, we're above Leeds with two points. Why are you not talking about like Salford being top of the pile? So we, they don't really kind of mention us, do they? Really? Yeah, I think. <laughs> Perhaps sometimes it, perhaps we're not the most fashionable club. Are, are we? I mean, Leeds were the champions last season, weren't they? And probably a bit more of a glamour glamour club, if you like, than than us. Um, sometimes, perhaps I, I think it's like uh, Millwall, you know, football. Yeah. No one likes us. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think you've just not got to let things like that bother you. I know a lot of people were putting on social media, oh, why, why has League Express done this? And I, I saw League Express's Twitter, and um, everyone on there was sort of sticking up for Salford. And, I don't let things like that get to me. You know, at the end of the day, you, we've been there. We know what the score was. We were the better side. And, uh, you know, let us fly under the radar. Let's go to Leeds and, and knock them off uh, this Friday. I think for Ian Watson, that'll be the perfect motivation. No one's talking about us. We go there Friday. No pressure on us. Everyone expects Leeds to win. Um, but I think they'll get a rude awakening if we go out there and perform. Yeah, I think Ian Watson tactically was spot on uh, as well. Obviously, he was, he was. Chamberlain and, and Wellard talked about lots of good reads. And, you know, I suppose, you know, in pressure games, you have to pick the right team and you know Ian Watson did for me. He certainly did, Rob, yeah. And you look at you look at Toronto, they've got some exciting players, haven't they? I mean, just take the two wingers, for example. You've got Matty Russell and Mason Kate and Brown there who who are two really good wingers. We've been linked with a pair of them this season, Matty Russell and, and Kate and Brown, if you remember back. There was big rumours about Matty Russell coming to us, wasn't there, earlier on in the season. So uh, they're they're two two guys with a, with a good pedigree. And just looking at the game there, he decided to drop or not drop, but change change the team round. He, he, he left um, Darrell Alfords out after he scored a hat-trick at Halifax. That's a big decision, that, to bring Jake Dibby in, who he wants to openly admits is, is a centre. But he, he, he prefers his um, defensive skills, and he just showed up on, on Saturday because Jake Dibby's defence was superb. We looked really solid out wide, and, and we nullified everything that they threw at us out wide. So, uh, you know, they've got some dangerous players, haven't they, as well? They've got some decent forwards, some decent backs, some pace in the backs. And uh, no, I, I never thought we was in trouble, really. I thought they came back at us there in the, in the second half. And they was always going to do, especially when Luke Burgess got sent off. But, uh, but yeah, the only sour thing for us was was losing the two the two red cards, really. That was uh, a strange one, a strange decision from, from Jackson Hastings. Obviously, you don't... Jackson's a player who, who plays the game on the edge. He's an exciting player, an explosive player, and... You don't want the, the guy to lose that, but I think with him, he's, he's only young, and I think he'll learn from that. I think sometimes, you, for want of a better word, perhaps he's a bit of a hothead at the moment, 
And um, Ian Watson will make sure he learns his lesson from that. But what you don't want to do is take away the edge of his game because that's that's something that, that he needs. But just perhaps that just bit of aggression there, just uh, just just learn from that, not to do that at that stage of the game. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people were talking about Toronto being thugs and you know coming for a big fight, and but we we ended up having two men sent off. How does how does that work? Well, yeah, if you look back at the game, though, I mean Toronto were no choir boys. I mean. Uh, Jackson Hastings got took out off the ball when, when Robert Lewis scored. I mean, I, I saw that. I didn't see it on the telly. I saw that in the, the live play. I was following following Hastings and he did get clattered off the ball and nobody seemed to see that. So Toronto dished it out on uh, on Saturday and I think they tried to, to drag us into like um, the verbals, didn't they? There was a lot of verbals going on and cheap shots and a um, bit of niggle at the play of the ball. And I think they tried to drag us into that. They slowed us down a bit as well and, and, and we did the same to them. So we got. I, think, I thought we got dragged in a bit and um, really, if that's a lesson to be learnt for us, is not to get dragged into that situation and just carry on playing your own game. If you remember rightly on last week's podcast, I said to you about um, when Paul Rowley was playing for Lee against uh, uh, we played for Lee against us in the in the 2003 season, it, and it was a similar game to that. There was a lot of verbals, and you, sometimes you've got to play the occasion, haven't you, and, uh, and be professional about. It. And I thought to us to a certain extent we was we was on Saturday. We, we did everything right, and then obviously. Luke Burgess uh, did that tackle and then obviously Jackson Aces little I don't want to call it a moment of madness because I've seen a few people saying it shouldn't have been a sending off so everyone will have their own opinion on it won't miss so um, I'll have to just leave it at that now and take it on the chin yeah yeah um, you, we spoke to Ed Chamberlain Chris Wellen and Lama Tazzy after the game and this is what they have to say right Ed Chamberlain joins me Six was it six from six today? Was it five from five? You was faultless again with the boot, weren't you? Didn't you? Kicking a goal from the halfway line. Have you done that before? Uh, only in training, you know. I've had um, coaches just telling me uh, a few little techniques and things. So you know, it has helped just staying calm and all that. But um, that penalty kick, you know, originally um, Jackson was going to take it, but then um, I just had everyone saying, "Now you kick, you kick," you know. So. It's good, nice to have everyone, you know, making, like showing that they back me to kick the ball. So. Very physical game. I bet it was just great to get the two points in the end there, wasn't it? With two red cards and a Sinbin as well. Yeah, real good, you know. <coughs> we, we had to dig in, must have been at least, it was 50 minutes that we was down by a man at least. So, you know, real good to, to get the to get the two points with two men off the field for a majority, good majority of the time. So, you know, it's a credit to the boys too. You're forming a quite a good partnership with Chris Wellham as well. You both complimented each other. I mean, I put in my notes for the second half how good your defence was because Toronto seemed to attack down their left and you and Chris had to muscle up in that second half. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good with, with Wellham. You know, he's, um, he's a real good talker and inside, I mean, our whole right edge with George, you know, he's just come back in, but he did an amazing job with And then me, Robbie and Wellham, you know, feel like we're really, really bonding and we just sort of, we can react really well off each other. So it's feeling good. How was the goal kicking? Because it, it, it seems like you've really took the shine to it coming to Salford. It, it, it's good. Are you confident now? You, you must be confident ever, more confident than ever with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, at Witness there was some well, already well-established kickers, so I was just there putting my, putting my name in the hat should anything ever come up. But um, when, I first signed, when I signed it, it was, it was something that um, Watto and Ian Bleese were both very keen on me doing and taking over. Um, and I mean, we've got Jackson now and Joey Lussick that both can kick. But you know, I like I like that the boys are putting the trust on me to to kick those goals in, even in the pressure moments. Five wins on the spin, full of confidence. Leads away next week, another another difficult game. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, but you know we've got four, we've got four from four in these qualifiers, so um, we're feeling we're really confident, and you know we get that win. That's that's what's safe. So hopefully we can kick on to next week and carry that form into into that game. Congratulations this week, uh, and good luck next week, Ed. Cheers. So I'm joined by Lamatazzi. Good win that. Yeah, man. Oh, massive win, especially to do with Torb men for the last what, man, last 27 minutes or so in the second half. So it's just good, just working hard for each other, and that's what's getting us the wins. Very physical game. Both teams going at it. You know, it's it's tough out there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a very physical game, but it was always going. We're always going to expect it, you know, against against Toronto, and you know, fair play to them. Yeah, obviously Leeds next week, a week of training. Hopefully we can go there and get a win. Yeah, hopefully. I don't, I don't know what the record stands, but I don't think we've ever won there. No, I think we've won twice, I think, in yeah. the last 75 years. So, so hopefully, could be on. Yeah, hopefully we can break that, but, you know, go back in on Monday, review the game, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, obviously four from four uh, in the in your Super 8 qualifiers. Are you, are you kind of thinking that we're safe now, or you think there's one more job to do? Nah, we're, you know... We're, can't get too ahead of ourselves. It means nothing if we can't back it up next week. So now we'll just prepare again and we'll go again next week at Leeds. Cheers, big thanks to us in the demo detail. So I'm joined by Chris Wellham. Good win that. It was a good win, yeah. Um, it's what I planned to do. You know, we wanted to go. We want to go seven from seven, and that's a, a big step in the right direction. You know, it's a, a big tough ask when I get to another. Everyone knows a big up-and-coming team and they want to stride forward and get into Super League so you know that's a massive step in, in the right direction for Salford. Obviously four, win, four wins on the spin now, you know what's it like playing a team full of confidence? It's good, you know, that, that's what rugby's about isn't it, you know, you, you start rolling that confidence and uh, displays start coming themselves, you know, and things start coming off here, 50-50s, bounce of the ball, go your way and that, that's the way we're playing at the minute, as I said, we've got a bit of confidence in the team, we've gone four from four so long may it continue. Game, you know, lots of top tackles flying in it was you know quite a physical game wasn't it it was very physical as I said um, Toronto are an up and coming team and they want to strive forward to Super League so they've got um, a lot of very experienced players and a lot of people who played Super League and big players um, it was very physical I think we had two, three, two or three yellows and two reds so um, yeah very physical game but you know it's alright for me still on the edge <laughs> <laughs> obviously Leeds next week you know what preparation time not beat Leeds at Edley for a long long time you know chance to, to win there yeah, well, it's a better chance than any, isn't it? Um, as I say, we're, we're confident, we've gone four from four. Um, everyone enjoys coming training at the minute and the laugh, so uh, everything, everything looks good. We'll, as I say, we've got a short week, we'll prepare well, we'll play again on Friday. Um, so we'll, we'll recover, prepare well, and hopefully get the job done again. Go, go five from five. Cheers, big thanks to us in the demo detail. So that was Ed Chamberlain, Chris Wellham, and Lamatazzi talking to us after the game, Paul, and uh, all three. Quite happy with the performance and looking forward to the next challenge ahead. All three played really well as, as well, Rob. I thought, I said before, Wellham and, and Chamberlain were excellent. Lama Taz, though, had another big game, didn't he? His, his carries, I know he got Simbin, but he's another one. You wouldn't want to take that aggression away from him because he's a real enforcer for us, isn't he? And he's a player that um, are waysides are always a bit wary of, aren't they? He's, he's a strong runner. The amount of metres he makes and not so much the metres, it always takes about two or three people to put him down. He really is a strong carrier of the ball and uh, I thought he was excellent again on Saturday. Yeah, he's like our enforcer and he, everyone lifts. He certainly is, yeah. You know, that, that's what you want. You want people coming on and, and making you know, making a difference and when he does get the ball in you know, big positions, I suppose with and without the ball, he, he puts some big hits in as well and forces errors and 
that's what you want. You want players like that in your team. Yeah, you do, you do. And he, he's such a softly spoken guy as well, Armitage. Yeah, when you see him, he's massive, isn't he? He really is a big presence and looks quite scary when, when he uh, sort of uh, stands in front of you. But when he talks to you, he's, uh, he's, he's very quiet, really, isn't he? And uh, a real gentleman off the field. And uh, I think he's done well this season. He has, he's done really well. He was good last season for us and uh, a big uh, part of our pack. Yeah, he doesn't hide his emotions, does he? But when, he when we win, he's all smiles and happy. When we get beaten, he looks like, like he's going to cry. You know, I've yeah. noticed that every week, really. Yeah. Likes his pizzas as well, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, you know, fantastic. All the players quite happy with the performance. Uh, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game as well, and this is what he had to say. Coach's Corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me. Big result today. Yeah, no, great one for us, mate, just to kind of get us um, on the mate point. So, kind of... 10 points is what we think will guarantee your Super League um, safety, but taking points off the guys who are kind of in and around you, because if we'd have lost today, that would have put them on six, us on six as well. So opening up that four-point gap on somebody like Toronto was a big one for us. Big first half, 20 points to nil. Yeah. You sort of played a perfect half there, didn't yeah. you? Defence was good. Second half, did you notice an intensity from Toronto at the start of it? Yeah, I think, see, I think I've a little bit down that to me as well at half-time, because I spoke to the boys about how physical we've been, and that have been the best we've been for a while physically. We'd spoke about physicality and kind of kicking game in this one, being key areas to kind of dominate. Um, and I thought physically first half were the best we've been for a long time. And we spoke about half time and probably maybe pumped the tyres up a little bit too much. Um, and then kicking game we were turning over in good areas, but second half we lost that, we didn't turn over in a good area. Then Biffa gives the penalty away. We start losing field position on the back end of it. But I thought they ramped their physicality up. But I think it was more towards dropping our intensity a little bit, really, is why they got on the front foot there. On the other side of the coin there, you lost uh, Luke Burgess to a red card. Yep. So, obviously, 12 men against a good Toronto side. Yep. You had to dig in, didn't you? Yeah, well, mate, if you look at it, um, they've completed 100% second half. So, they've not dropped the ball um, against... And against a team like Toronto, when you're defending with 12 men, it shows a lot about character, that, and um, attitude from the players. And like I say, the boys have been outstanding kind of all year, really. Like I say, they've had to face a lot of adversity this year. But the one thing they've always done is they've always worked hard um, on and off the ball, really, on and off the field as well, is a big one. And they've kind of, it's shown out there again today. The scrambling defence as well, I thought was excellent, particularly down at Toronto's left edge, Chris yeah. Well and Ed Chamberlain, they're forming yeah. a good partnership, aren't they? To be fair, I thought Ed Chamberlain won us the game. Um, being down to 12 men, I thought some of the defensive reads he did were outstanding. We set our team up differently this week because we knew about how good Gaz O'Brien was out the back and playing with the ball in hand. So we set up with two very defensive wingers. Jake Bibby's naturally a centre, but a very, very good defensive player. Um, so putting him on the wing, we knew he'd be very good defensively sound. Um, Ed Chamberlain's a centre, but very good defensively as well. And luckily enough for us, they, they've done the job and they've read what's been in front of them and they've nailed it, obviously with the help of obviously the edges they were playing with. George Griffin back in the side today. I'm going yep. to mention his kicking game because he put two kicks Best in, kick <laughs> and, kick, and, and both his kicks came up with mistakes. And yeah. you know, Toronto not the ball. I think it was Gareth O'Brien not one on. I can't remember who the other one was. So, yeah. how, how impressed were you? Into? He's been out for quite a while. It was good to see. Yeah, him back in made a couple of errors early. Didn't he give a penalty away. Made an error with the ball. But then I thought he just kind of grew into the game, George. And I thought he got us onto the front foot. Carried. We missed a little bit of momentum from 
obviously not having people like George, but his carries today were punching holes and getting us on the front foot. And like I say, he's kicking game as well, <laughs> he's not noted for. So yeah, no, I, I was really pleased with him overall, mate, because like I say, that was a change due to defensive strategies as well. I almost forgot to mention the try before half time. I mean, I watched a bit of NRL yesterday and that try was like, straight out of the NRL book, wasn't it? Great support play, Jackson Easton scores under the sticks. Yeah. You must have been, I mean, if you could have had this side on the pitch from day one. Yeah, it's like I say, and, and they're still learning about each yeah. other. That's the big thing as well. Like, like I say, Jack, Jackson's outstanding and he's, he's really, what's it, working hard with the boys. The boys love him around because they know he's a player and they know he's of a high quality as well. So we just need to keep working together to get where we need to get to and then hopefully we can tie him up to a deal at Salford one sour thing there in the end the last sort of 10 seconds of the game yeah. we lose Jackson Ace this really really took the shine off the game a bit didn't it yeah I just... <sighs> coaching because I've coached Gaz I know what Gaz is doing there if you think five minutes earlier he's caught the ball and as he's caught it Jackson's hit him again there straight away and absolutely kind of smashed him early now Gaz is thinking on the next one I ain't getting smashed I'm just going to find the floor. So as he's caught the ball, he's just lost his legs to hit the floor straight away so that he doesn't get hit or drove back. And as he's fallen on the floor, Jackson's still coming and committed to the tackle. And he's just caught him on his head, really. So it is contact with the head, but I don't know where you want Jackson to kind of go on that one. We'd ask him to be aggressive and make sure he finishes the tackle off. They'll probably say that he's not going to go in a different way, but when you're committed, like if you look at the tackle earlier, he was committed to that, they wouldn't have been able to pull out from that. And I think it's just the fact that Gaz has lost his legs and he's just caught him. It's frustrating for you, you know, he'd be in Leeds away from home next week, yeah. a great chance to put a result on there. If he's suspended now, you have to shuffle your pack. It must be frustrating as a coach, that. Oh, yeah, a little bit. Look, we've got, we've got some good players in there now. We've got players who are fit. Josh Wood can play seven as well and play very well there. Um, you look over the last few weeks, we've, we've dropped Josh Wood into seven as much as what Jackson's played there to be fair um, and he's controlled games when he's gone in there as well so look if it comes down to it we could potentially use Josh Wood there but I'm pretty positive that we'll have Jackson playing out there You're pretty confident now with these three remaining games of, of going unbeaten seven from seven that's definitely got to be a target now hasn't it? Yeah we've always had that target like I say we just want to focus week by week as well making sure that we get the right results so we talk about our preparation and our processes and the boys have stuck to the processes and done really well and like I say the way they've stuck in there for each other today and defended the, the goal lines so a credit to all the players Could we see Lee Moss next week or is he injured or is uh, it just a squad rotation? I hope so yeah no he was we kept him out of the Halifax game to make sure he was fit for this one but then on Monday in training he pulled, popped his calf so this game's come too early for him, so hopefully he'll be back next week. But yeah, really disappointing because we kept him fully out of the Halifax game because we knew it was a short turnaround to this one to make sure shoulders and calves weren't sore. And then on, he went and trained and trained hard on Monday and then he, he kind of popped his calf. So it was really disappointing to lose him at that really. So yeah, we'd probably just need to be a bit more careful with him this week. Okay, thanks for speaking no, to no me today. Problem. See you at Leeds, mate. No problem. Cheers, mate. Coach's corner. So that was Ian Watson talking to you, Paul, after the game, and you know he's happy where the club are going at the moment. Yeah, he certainly is. Yeah, five wins on the spin now. It's a, it's a good run. It's you know the best run since we had um, that good run last season. You know, sort of May May time last year. So after a lot of difficult weeks this season, it's nice to, to be getting results. And you know, there was a bit of adversity there on on Saturday. We you know losing Luke Burgess to the red car, but we hung in there and, and got the points and. You know, Toronto are, are no mugs, are they? And they'll probably surprise a few more teams in, in the eight. So at least we've got them out of the way now and uh, on to, to another tough test on Friday. Yeah, in the press conference, talked about kind of going on a journey from 
you know, avoiding the uh, the middle eights to getting into the uh, the you know the million pound miracle after the points uh, deduction, then getting into the the top eight and and the semi final and challenge cup, and now where we are now in the in the in the middle eights again. It's, it's I think him and the club are both kind of learning from that experience, that journey they've been on, and I think it's kind of helped us in this in this middle eights. Yeah, there's been a lot of ups and downs, hasn't there? And as you think back to the Super 8s last season, how, how tough that was when we had sort of a few injuries. We lost Michael Dobson, didn't we, towards the end of the season with his, uh, like his, his hand injury, wasn't it? And uh, we struggled a bit there, didn't we, playing playing some good sides who were going for that grand final and we said it was going to be, uh, be a learning curve. And Obviously, you're not playing sides of that, of that calibre this season. You're playing a few championship sides and the lower end of the, the Super League teams but still it's still the pressure situation once it gets this is the business you know, a lot of people have said recently that the, the middle eights uh, the qualifiers has been a lot more exciting than, than the Super eights this time because a lot of teams in that Super eights really haven't got a lot to play for it's more or less the top four is, is settled now so there's a lot riding on these qualifiers and if you look at the table of the qualifiers it's, uh, it's really close isn't it I know we're leading the way with eight points behind us now there's there's not a lot of points separating any of those sides is there and you know, one one round of fixtures could it could all change again this this coming weekend. So it's really really exciting, and uh, yeah, I think the, the the pressure of us playing in that million pound game situation uh, two years ago is um, is paying off this season because we've been there and we know what to expect. And there's still quite a few players who played in the million pound game who are still in our squad. Yeah, I suppose they, they felt the the emotional ride they'd been on, and they knew that what they had to do, like you said, in this in this playoff. Uh, scenario and, and they know they've had to come out and they know they have to win the games and that's what they've done they've, they've gone on this run five games on the spin now and you know confidence is high and we're playing good rugby uh, I think 100 plus points on, on the on the points um, table and you know it's important we continue to play like that and hopefully continue to win and then continue to develop that's right yeah and I think um Another thing with the million pound game, the players don't want to be involved in that again. And then you can tell that they want to get this done and dusted and get the points in the bag, don't they? And that's what they've done. And it only takes you to win a couple of games and you get on that roll, your confidence starts building. And at the moment, we're, we are a team full of confidence, aren't we? And the defence has been absolutely excellent. And I think defence wins your games, doesn't it? Your attack will, will follow after that. But we've we've built a solid foundation with defence. I think we've let in, what is it now? I did the maths the other day. It was. Um, who did we play first in the qualifiers? It was was it Witness first? Was it Witness? Yeah. Then it was Hulk. Was it Witness first? Hulk Air, Halifax. Yeah, Witness first, then Hulk Air. So it was, yeah, so it was. I think it was six points against Witness, was it? Or four? Another six or four? It was ten at Hulkingston Rovers. It was four at Halifax or six. I can't remember the scores now. And then um, sixteen points against against Toronto. So it's not many. We've not let in many points in the four games. So. Uh, so that, that's it. the defence is, is, is winning us the games at the moment we're keeping teams out we're defending our line and uh, building that foundation you only look at that Hulkingston Rovers game how good we were there you know keeping them to 10 points you look at how well they played in the other qualifying games looking at the games now I think I don't think Hulkingston okay, are losing other games in the qualifiers I think they'll win the rest of their games because they look like their side full of confidence now and playing really well so uh, that just shows you how good a result that was yeah definitely um, looking at your oh, big thanks for everyone who gave us their three win match reports and man of the matches. Um, Colin Reynolds, great first half, is man of the match with Rob Lewitt. Uh, Ricky P uh, from Sale. Um, Super League next year is man of the match with Rob Lewitt. And Richard Martin, faultless first 40, and is man of the match with uh, Ed Chamberlain. But 
Yeah, Rob Louie and Ed Chamberlain getting the uh, applaudits there, Paul. And rightly, Paul. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I thought I thought Ed Chamberlain was fantastic, and another thing with Ed is his goal kicking. He kicked six from six again, and quite a few of those were on the touchline and were really difficult kicks. So uh, he really has brought that to the table for us, and it's. Um, He's, he's very valuable this time of the year, you know, going up in sixes. So, he's, like I said before, his defence was excellent, Ed Chamberlain as well. But Robert Louis again, Robert was, was outstanding, wasn't he? He's, he's always great to see him. He's got a grin on his face all the time. His defence, I thought, was tremendous. And, and going such a strong bloke as well. He's deceptively strong. And that, that try that he scored in the first half, where he powered over there. And, uh, you know, he, he's playing some of the best rugby league he's played for us, Rob, and, at the moment. And uh, long may it continue. Where would you put Rob Louie in the Salford greats that you've seen at Stander? Um, I think he's I think he's up there, Rob. Okay. I think he's definitely up there, even for, for last season, how, how well he played last year. He's a very value, very valuable part of our, our team and you know he's um, he's one of the ones he's first on the team sheet every week, isn't he? He's a leader. I think um, he's all round game. I think he's great, he's got a super kicking game. When, when he's on, he's such a difficult player to play against. That sort of step that he has, he, he's very deceptive for, for defenders as well. I think he's been an excellent signing, Rob. He, I know he struggled with with injuries a couple of times, but I think he's been a really good signing for us and hopefully we, we can keep hold of him. Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, is he, was he, is he as good as Steve Blakely was? Blakely kicked, kicked goals? Now you've put, you've put me on the spot now because you know, you know I'm a big Steve himself. Blakely fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm himself. Steve Blakely, it's like, it was like a Rolls Royce when he ever standoff. Went super fast, got a magic step, you know, hits the gap and goes through it. You know, Rob Louis is a kind of different kind of player. He creates a bit more, a bit more robust. Defensively, he's better than he was than Blakely was. Um, yeah, yeah. Steve Blakely was um, very classy, wasn't he? Very classy, sort of old school standoff. Um, very good step. You know, he, he he had a great side step, didn't he? And he a great turn of pace as well and you can see him hairing through through gaps now I shut my eyes now I can see him <laughs> you know hairing through the gaps and that's all but two different players Rob um, both very good in the, their own way I mean you could throw Andrew Dudeman into the mix yeah. I think Andrew Dudeman was a top standoff I mean it would have been great if we could have had him for for another season um, remember Cliff Beverley yeah. Cliff Beverley is another excellent standoff I thought he struggled when we moved up to Super League for the, for the pace uh, but still a good player in Super League but I thought he was better in the, in the Championship but we know we've had a few I'm trying, trying to think of nah, Dobson was a, a scrum half wasn't he Dobson but yeah we've had some uh, some good players I mean if you think back to um, this guy was just round about the time I started watching Salford home and away Paul Shaw, Paul Shaw um, yeah. I was only young then and I can sort of vaguely remember him you know, going to the Lancashire Cup final in uh, 88 and he was a top player he was a, a great standoff and um, no he's a similar player to Louis he, he was quick I think he was really quick I mean I've seen videos of him um, since then you know because you, you forget when you're a kid don't you but I know if you ask Paul Park you know you'd probably tell you another guy called Neil Baker yeah he played in the, in the mid 80s he was before before me I know James Oskerson talks about him um I mean, I think I've been to a few games when he was playing, but I was only like a baby, so I don't I don't remember anything about it. But but yeah, I believe he was a, he was a great player and a great player back in Australia as well. So we've had some top standoffs, haven't we? Some top halfbacks. I wish I'd have made a bit of a list now because it's hard racking your brains, you know, thinking about them off the top of your head. But no, we've had some we've had some good good guys. Yeah, uh, Chris and Janet Shenton, a great uh, performance overall. Uh, their man of match was Ed Chamberlain. 
Uh, Colin Wilson, hard working performance. His man of the match was Ed Chamberlain. Uh, Darren Jones pass, passing it about. Uh, his man of the match was uh, Ed Chamberlain. Uh, Natalie Taylor tried the season and her man of the match was the team. Um, Val Boardman, silly boy Jackson, his man of the match was um, Ed Chamberlain. Uh, Pete Brady, world class try. Uh, Roy Ellaby, 70 yard stunner. Uh, Ed Chamberlain was his man of the match. Ed Chamberlain's, you know, clean sweep with his uh, six goals as well. I thought it was brilliant, Rob. I think he's been an excellent signing. I think he's a really exciting signing as well. And I'm glad we've got him tied down for, for next season because uh, he could prove to be, well, he is doing, he's proving to be a real gem. And, you know, if he keeps progressing the way he's playing, he's got every chance of playing international rugby league because he's that, I think he's that good. And he's only young, he's going to learn as well, he's going to get better. And to add that string to his bow of goal kicking makes him a really useful player. And I, I keep thinking to myself, why did Witness let him go? Because, you know, obviously it's our game, but you think he, he, he'd be sort of assuming to, to get in their side. But yeah, really excited to have him on board with us. Really nice guy as well when you speak to him. Um, really grounded grounded young lad. So, uh, so yeah, I think we've got a really excellent player there in uh, Ed Chamberlain. Yeah, uh, Les uh, Keenan, uh, Chris Wellen, unsung hero. Uh, Ian Taylor, fabulous performance. Workmate, uh, his man of the match was uh, Chamberlain. Uh, but like you said, you know it was it was a good good team performance that, that got us over the line when the pressure came on. You know, for, you know from Toronto, we stood up to it, and, that, and that's all that matters. Because I think many Salford side before would have collapsed there and we'd have lost that game. And it shows how far we've come, uh, both physically and mentally. Yeah, we kept our heads, didn't we? I know I was surprised when um, we decided to kick for goal in the second half. It was just, just shy of the halfway line, wasn't it? Just sort of in our our half and. Uh, it was another good kick from Chamberlain. He nailed that one, didn't he? So, uh, so yeah, we did. We did keep our reds. And we played the right game, and it was a difficult, difficult circumstances, wasn't it? You know, Toronto came with a, with a game plan, and um, you know they, they come with a reputation, don't they? So I don't know when uh, you know, people will say what they want about them, but doesn't make any difference. We got the two points, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So big thanks to everyone who gave us the three-word match reports from the matches. That was our review of the uh, the game against Toronto. Our victory in the uh, Super 8 qualifiers. And next up on The Devil in Detail, we're going to look at our amateur report with Paul Whiteside and all our local sides, fixtures and results for this week. It's Devil in the Detail amateur report. We'll start off this week with the National Leagues. It was right in the division. They won as well. They beat Underbank Rangers by 30 on Saturday that's a good result for, Man uh, for Rochdale Mayfield underbank Rangers a couple of places above Mayfield in the league Mayfield's final game there leaves them in 8th position in the 12 team league so uh, a disappointing season as Mayfield standards go they've had some high finishes over the last couple of years so an 8th place finish for Rochdale Mayfield in Division 2 Saddle had a really tight affair against Crossfields 0-0 at half time it finished 6-4 to Crossfield. So Saddleworth Rangers, after promotion last season, in Division 2 this season, they finished in 6th place. So a really respectable finish and a good, solid season for everybody involved at Saddleworth Rangers. There was one result in Division 3. That was Wollstone Rovers 39, Oldham St. Anne's 20. For this coming final games in Division 3 for Salford City Roosters, Oldham St. Anne's and Waterhead Warriors. Millam hosts Salford City Roosters. Oldham St. Anne's are at home to Beverley and Waterhead Warriors are at home to the Wollstone Rovers. 
Moving on to the North West Men's League in Division 1 on Saturday, Wigan St. Patrick's A22, Rochdale Mayfield A24. In Division 2, Charlie Panthers 40, Berry Broncos 10. Division 5, Bolton Mets 12, Thato Heath Crusaders B64. And a new Spring Lions beat Higginshaw by 24 points to nil. There's one fixture on Wednesday, the 12th of September in Division 2. That's Oldham St. Anne's A against Wigan St. Cuthbert's. The rest of the games will be played this Saturday, the 15th of September. Division 1, it's Rochdale Mayfield A at home to Pilkey. Rex A. Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's A versus Ulverston. Berry Broncos versus Charlie Panthers. Division 3, Crossfields A versus West Horton Lions. Division 4 against Wigan Springview. And finally in Division 5, it's Ryland Sharks against Higginshaw. North West Youth League. Well, the fixtures and results from this weekend just gone. There wasn't too many. In the under-18s, Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers had a great win. They won away at Charlie Panthers by 28 points to 12. In the under-16 Shield Cup final, Wigan St. Patrick's beat Waterhead by 32 points to 4. In Division 1, there was a great draw between Barrow Island and Folly Lane. 26 points apiece there. So a long trip for the Folly Lane under-16 lads, and they came away with a draw. So well done to all involved there. Division 3, 24, Rochdale, 40. The fixture for this Sunday the 16th of September Premier Division it's Waterhead against Thato Heath that's the under 18s in the under 16s Division 1 Blackbrook against Oldham St Anne's Wollstone Goals versus Folly Lane Division 2 Saddleworth Rangers against Wigan St Pat's against West Horton Lions and Wigan St Cuthbert's against Langwether and in Division 3 it's Rochdale against Ashton Bears well, there's a bit of amateur news for you this week as well, so I'll try and read you this out as best I can because it's quite complicated. It's decision day on Wednesday the 12th of September, so by the time you listen to this, it might have already been made this decision, for the Northwest Youth Under-16s and Under-18s leagues when the clubs are set to thrash out a playing structure for the new season. The league's management, which has become increasingly concerned in recent years over the number of fixtures not going ahead, will table three options for delegates to debate at a special general meeting. The proposals are, option one, a playing season spanning October to the end of May with a break during December and January with cup games taking place in April and May. Optional ninth festivals were held during June and July. Option two, a playing season spanning September to the end of May with a break in December and January other than for national cup ties and option three retain the current February to September playing season so that's really interesting that will we'll let you know exactly what happens on that because we know we've got quite a lot of our local 16s and under 18s. Before I go this week don't forget Salford Red Devils are back in action on Friday the 14th of September they play Leeds Rhinos away from home it's a 7.45 kickoff. the rest of the qualifier games are played on Saturday the 15th of September Hulkingston Rovers are at home to London Broncos 6 o'clock kickoff. Toronto Wolfpack play Toulouse Olympic that's half past 5 UK time kickoff. and Witness Vikings who are really struggling they're at home to Halifax well that's it that's all I've got for you this week I shall see you behind the sticks on Friday night at Headingley for Leeds against Salford can't wait for that one take care I'll see you soon Paul's report and next up we're going to be talking about the game against Leeds Rhinos on Friday. It's time for the so Silver Devils take on Leeds Rhinos on Friday at Headenley. Paul, uh, winner takes off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the winner, you know, well, Leeds have lost one up to now anyway, haven't they? So, yeah, I mean, even if we were to lose the game, Leeds probably won't overtake us because of our points difference. But uh, I think we've got to be confident to go in there and get the result, Rob. 
I mean, I know Ian Watson is desperate to win the seven out of seven, and I think we're capable of it. I know our record at Leeds is is, is woeful, um, but you know records are there to be broken, and especially now. I mean, I know we've. I'm thinking back a few years ago. There's been a few times where we've been to Leeds and they've been struggling, and we've been on a, on a good run, and we've, we've blown it there. We've gone and and not played well, but surely that that record's got to go sometimes, and. Um, I know Jackson Hastings. I feel a lot more confident if Jackson was in the side, but I still believe we've got players on there who can who can do the business. Leeds are struggling. You know, Ryan Hall's out for the season. They just look at the way they played on on Sunday at Witness. I listened to the, the match on uh, on the radio, and um, they really struggled. They were six four down at half time. I think it was ten. It was ten six to Leeds with two minutes to go, and it sounded a real dour game. They, they couldn't score, and I thought if we can go there and and play. You know, to to our ability, there's no reason why we can't match Leeds all the way. Yeah, I think the important thing on Friday, Paul, is that we we don't we play the team in front of us and we don't play Leeds rhinos because if we if we go into the game thinking it's Leeds at Leeds, like we're not gonna let's just try and get through this and not get hammered. We will we will get beat if we can go there full of confidence like we are doing and just play the team in front of us, we'll win this. Certainly, yeah. I think you've got to not play uh, play the occasion, Rob. I think sometimes you, you go to Edinley and it's like, I think Paul Pargan said to us that time, didn't he? When you go to Edinley, it's like going to, to doing an exam because <laughs> you're, like, you're so overawed by the stadium and the occasion and you've always got that in the, the back of your mind. Our absolutely awful record at that stadium and the, the, the bogey team that Leeds have been over the years for, for us. I mean, it's not just at, at their ground, it, the bogeys at our ground as well. I was reading the Yellow Bible the other night and if you look right through the 70s and 80s, I think we met Leeds so many times in Challenge Cups and Championship playoffs and this, that and the other, you know, cup competitions. We never won one. They won every single cup game against us so it's it's an awful record and I think sometimes that must be on, on players' minds. I, I don't know whether it is. I mean, the, these players now, do they look back at the history of the club I'm not, I'm not too sure so I'm hoping they don't I'm hoping they go there with um, you know a fresh mind and, and just attack the game because there's no reason why we can't win there Rob I mean Hulk Air won there a few weeks ago and uh, and we've already had a result of Hulk Air in, in, the, in the qualifiers so I think if we just go there and, and play our game play the way we've been playing the last few weeks full of confidence we should be more than a match uh, a match for Leeds and I think if we can move the ball wide They've got a decent pack, haven't the Leeds? But I think if our game, if we can shift the ball wide, play at a quick tempo, I think we can turn them over. Who's the danger men for Leeds? Who do we look out for? Uh, the hooker's a good player, Parcel. He scored a crucial try on Sunday at Witness. He was, I think he got the, the second try that put them in, in the lead. He, he's a good player around, around the Rook area, quick, pretty nippy and quick. A lot of people have said Richie Miles not settled in at Leeds and he's not the right man for them. But you always get this sort of uh, thing that he'll play really well against us with his being his, his old team. So I suppose we'll have to watch out for Richie Miley. Joel Moon, obviously, as well as a, a class player, isn't he, on his, on his day? Another ex, uh, ex-Salford player. You've got Adam Cuthbertson in, in the pack there as well. Carl uh, Ablett, another decent forward. Jamie Jones, Buchanan. They're all, um, he's probably a veteran now, isn't he, Jamie Jones, Buchanan. But he always seems to play well against us. The, the young fullback, Jack Walker. I've read a lot of good things about him. So they've got they've got some quality there. The two Briscoe lads on the wings as well. You've got a lot of pace out wide. So you've got to watch that. They're no mugs, Rob. They've got some good players, haven't they? And they've got some international players there. They're probably a team that's a bit low on confidence. I think the thing with Leeds now as well, I think they're becoming a team that's a bit desperate, aren't they? You know, they've got Kevin Sinfield who's come in. And are they living in that fear of relegation? 
hardly putting too much on it, hardly thinking too much about the situation. I know they announced a new coach is coming in next season, uh, David Furner, so they don't want to be, you know, ended up in that million pound game now, do they? So they want to make sure they're safe. So, uh, so yeah, all the ingredients are there for uh, for a classic game, Rob. I wonder, like Leeds, like like us, like a, a club in transition, but going the other way, going from a, a top top club, dropping down into a kind of mediocre club. You know, teams do that, don't they? Everything's in cycles, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it's funny because you never imagine Leeds to be like that because cause they always beat us and they always seem to be really good. It's hard for for us as Salford supporters to imagine them ending up like that. You know, they they seem to have like the the big stadium there, the big crowds, and you know they're a, they're a big force in the game, aren't they? The, the money that they've got behind them as well. So you don't really think of them like that. But anything can happen in sport, Rob. You just look at the demise of Bradford Bulls. I mean, if you'd have said. 20 years ago when they were getting 20,000 every week and you know, winning the grand finals and all the trophies that they won. You know, in 2018, they'd be in League One, you know, struggling to get promoted. So, I don't know, sometimes you can fall from grace pretty quickly, can't you? I'm not saying Leeds are going to do that, but, uh, but yeah, I think they are in a bit of a transitional thing. They've lost, they've lost players, haven't they? They've lost a lot of key players over the last couple of years and perhaps they've, no disrespect to the guys like Richie Myler, but... Perhaps they've not replaced like for like. You know, Richie Byler's not the same player that um, Rob Burrow and Danny Maguire were. So I don't know. I don't really know how to put the finger on it with Leeds. To be honest with you, I'm not that bothered as long as we go there and beat them. I'm not minded. So, yeah, I just hope we perform. I just hope we don't let the supporters down and, and, and get a drub because we've had a few hammerings there last few years. Remember the 70 points to six a few years ago at Leeds? That still still hurts. And another stat, we've, the last two times we've, we've played there, we've not scored a try. So um, I think it was twenty nil at East at the time, and last year when we played them in the Super Eights, we got beat forty four two. So let's hope we can get on the, sh- the score sheet tomorrow night. Yeah, oh, it, on Friday night. Give us your prediction for the the game, Paul. Your score prediction? Oh, I wrote it down in my league express in the kitchen. Oh, yeah, make it up now. <laughs> can I go and get it? Well, you well, do yours then. I'm just going to get my league I'll express. Be mine, then. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Salford will win against Leeds at Head and Left. It will be Leeds 10, Salford 30. I think it will be 30 points to 10 to Salford. Paul? You're an absolute pro there, Rob. You do this at the radio, don't you? That's, you know, you, you're the last mate at the radio and you're surfing for time. Yeah. You drag out and drag that out then because you knew I was out of the room. You're waiting for me to get it back. What a pro. Absolute pro. Right, here we go. Uh, we're back now. 29-14 to Salford. 29-14 to Salford. Yeah, a, bit of an ob- a bit of an obscure score, that. It's funny, yeah, it is a bit. It is a bit. Like I say, one of us, hopefully we'll get a result and we'll be uh, tucking into a Nando's. What did you go for? Because <laughs> you weren't there. 30 points to 10. Salford. 30 points to 10. Yeah. Mm. 30 points to 10 and Ed Chamberlain to, to kick five goals. I tell you what, if we beat if we beat Leeds thirty points to ten, I reckon we should just stay in Leeds yeah. on Friday night. We'll go and have a Nando's somewhere, and then we'll just go and get blooded in Leeds. <laughs> what do you reckon? Like Not bother going home. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Brilliant. So, end of this week's podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really excited for uh, for Friday night. And if you're thinking about going. Go because, like we said before, you, you could witness a bit of history, couldn't you, Rob? You know, two two wins against Leeds since night. I don't want to tempt fate, but you know, you could be witnessing a bit of history. It's always special, isn't it, to, to win at Leeds if we can get the win. So, you know, if you're thinking about it, just get there, and you never know. Yeah, big thanks for coming on, Paul. Big thanks for everyone tuning in. 
to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parks, and you find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.